When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Our partners on at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds and NBA playoffs, fights, and even the next features. And don't forget that all MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to pick play in the World Series or who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting favorite Vegas casino poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device and join our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back. Welcome back to An Athlete's Journey. I am your host, Travis Reed. Today, I got a special guest, somebody who I recently met, but somebody I, you know, looked up and kind of admire as a person because his journey is, is really inspiring. It's inspiring to me. It's one of those things that people need to hear about because uh, it's had ups and downs and he persevered through everything to get to where he's at today. So a special guest, you know, um, like, like I said, it's a person that people need to really, really listen to. Trust me, his journey is really, really special. When I first heard it at, at uh, the Super Bowl week, I was like, man, I got to get this guy on the show. <laughs> so go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Hey, thanks, Travis. My name is Dave DeRocher, uh, uh, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, just for a short while, you know, but uh, got to have a good time. And yeah, we, we got a chance to meet at the... Um, uh, athletes in action, uh, King event, um, uh, Super Bowl week. And, um, well, I'll tell you what, you, you, I hope I have something good because you kind of built me up there and, and everyone's going to anticipate <laughs> something good come out of my mouth. So I'll do the best I can. 
Oh no, no, they trust me. And like I said, your story is is great. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, people will love it because I guarantee you, once they heard what I heard, I was oh yeah, man. I, you know, I love this story. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's just start it out. How did your uh you know sports journey begin? What was your you know what was your first sport? Well, uh, yeah, to be honest, football wasn't it. Um, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a, it's a fun story. I share it quite a bit um, because it is part of kind of, of who I am. And, and that is uh, um, my, my junior year, I had decided that I wasn't going to play football because frankly, I wasn't very good. And, uh, and I had a scholarship offer uh, to Cal state LA uh, to play basketball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I made it to the final cut for the development. So I was decent at basketball. And I figured, well, heck, you know, I'll just focus on that. My basketball coach said, okay, don't play football. Just focus on basketball. I promised him I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And then comes along a new head football coach. And he greets me on campus and says, you know, hey, big guy, uh, <laughs> you playing football next year? And I said, no. And he looks at me and goes, really? He goes, why? Look at you. And I said, because I'm not very good. And, and I had the scholarship offer. And then he mm-hmm. asked me to wear it. And I said, Cal State LA. And he said, well, gee, you come play football for me and I'll get you a better scholarship okay, you know, I wanted to play football. I just wasn't good. And, and I never really had anybody tell me I could be. So, um, so I venture out there and um, after a few days, he, he pulls me aside. And he goes, son, you're not very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> make you spit that out. But I said, yeah, you know, bro, I try to tell you. Yeah, and, right. uh, and then he goes, but you could be, he said, you just need to get on, you work on your footwork a bit. And, and stay down. I, I'm sick. It doesn't, you can't tell by, by me sitting here. At the time, I was uh, a six, seven, and I, I was much smaller because, like I said, I really didn't lift weights to play basketball. But uh, he said, just need to you know, stay down a little bit, work on your footwork. And he handed me a jump rope. And I looked at that thing and I'm like, well, all right, you already told me I'm pretty much uncoordinated. And the last thing I want to do is, is uh, something girls do, uh, you know, <laughs> and in public, you know, I'm not going to sit there and do it, but I wanted to be good at football. And so mm-hmm. I took it home mm-hmm. and, and Travis in my backyard, <laughs> one skip at a time, you know, you know, you know, jump rope. I mean, you're, yeah. you know, basketball player, you're athlete, you know, jump rope. And I mean, it hit my toes and my shins, you know, but one skip at a time, slowly, but surely I actually not only got good, I actually got really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I remember, I remember distinctly taking the jump rope, uh, he, he was watching something we were next to the track. This is how much I remember. I mean, I knew right where it was is, Hey coach, you want to jump rope? And he looks at me and, and reluctantly he took the jump rope and he started that one skip at a time, you know, that, that one foot at a time kind of thing, you know, I'm like, bro, I didn't know you didn't know how to do it. You're telling me <laughs> I need to learn how to jump rope. And I went right to it and I'm, you know, crisscrossing and I'm double skipping and doing all this stuff. And he looked at me and, you know, all kind of like amazement. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it, it gave me a, a big shot of confidence, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I share the stories, how, how much better of a football player did it make? I don't know, but because he spent the time on a guy that wasn't very good. And let me tell you, Travis, our high school team, we had five guys go to division one and, and two of us made it to the NFL. So he didn't need me on that team. We were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a high school team. This is back in the 80s before, you know, the mass recruitments and all this stuff. So we were, we were a pretty good team. And, uh, but the, you know, the, 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 the fact he, he, you know, spent time on me and gave me confidence. I ended up getting a handful of Division One scholarship offers and, and ended up choosing San Diego State University. And, um, you know, well, frankly, I chose San Diego State because I still was kind of skinny. I'm going to Cal. 
in Arizona and those guys were huge and I didn't want to get killed. So I chose San Diego State because they were more my size. Mm -hmm, Anyways, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, and I just take this another step further because it's actually uh, pertinent to any, any young people listening and actually it's very applicable in work as well. But um, when I got to San Diego State, mm -hmm. we met, went on campus, went to meet with the offensive line coach, greeted all of us. What do you think was the first thing he handed all five of us incoming freshmen? A jump, oh, a jump, jump rope, rope. <laughs> a jump rope, and 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 I'm sure I went right into it. Those other five guys looked at it like I did when I was 17. Like, okay, what am I going to do with this thing? And I went <laughs> right into this routine, right? Right. And immediately, I had set. We haven't stepped on the field yet, and immediately, I set myself apart from those five other guys. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, it carried. It just, you know, I mean, he's telling the head coach. I mean, it carried on uh, throughout my collegiate career. You know. So um, it was, you know, being willing to take something, do something, be coachable, uh, something I didn't want to do and not just do it, but do it, you know, better than expected and, 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 and better, you know, uh, quicker than expected. I learned it really quick, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, and I carried that carried over to me uh, for my, you know, for my uh, professional career, but I, you know, I ended up having a decent career collegiately at San Diego state and got drafted by this CLC. I just got to play in a, in an all-star game with uh, Thurman Thomas and, Icky Woods and Tim Brown, you know, future Hall of Famers, and you know, got you know that that kind of recognition. So it was it was really ended up being a pretty successful career. No, that's really good. You know, I would say we're going to rewind a little bit. You know, obviously you said that your team had five Division One players and two guys make it to the NFL. Um, that must you said it was a great team. So what would you say was your most memorable moment in high school before? Well, you know, I still wasn't very good. You know, so, um, you know, the, the, well, the most memorable thing to me was, Travis, was getting letters from universities from all over the country being interested in me, you know, uh, and, and. But you're and, not very good. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I, was, I was six, seven. I walked on my toes. I had a big frame, you know, okay. uh, mm -hmm. although I was maybe a, I'm telling you, I was maybe 190 pounds, 200 at best, maybe. I'm thinking. I, I don't exactly remember, but I know I wasn't wasn't really big. And guys weren't as, kids weren't as big back then. You know, I coached with Jesse Sapolo. We we had a Polynesian Bowl combine. High school kids from all over the country, 540 kids, about two weeks ago. And these kids, are, I'm looking at them at the eye, and they're 290 pounds in high school, like 15 years old, 16 years old. I'm going, holy smokes! <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even start on a high school team right now. <laughs> But back then, you know, the most memorable thing for me was uh, the fact that, you know, universities were coming to watch me play. Uh, and I had that opportunity that he promised me, you know, and it was just, you know, believing in him and him believing in me um, that we that we did that. And I will tell you this, another very uh, it wasn't it's not a fond memory by any means, because we were that big. We there, I was six, seven. My buddy who ended up playing um, at Utah State and went to the um, drafted by the Falcons, played with the Raiders. Um, our center. I mean, we're all six four, six five, you know, big, big kids. And we go up against this little school out of Norco and mostly Hispanic kids. So they were, you know, all of five, five foot, nothing, you know, and they hit us in the mouth. They hit, and we, and we just were, we, you know, we were so full of ourselves and they beat us, you know, and I think the first or second round of CIF. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it just goes to show that's why you play the game. Right. And, and mm -hmm. uh, anyhow, so, some great memories in the fact that that really was to me, I still have the shoebox full of, of letters 
um, that kind of was like, holy, really me? You know, you're interested. <laughs> Back then, thank goodness, it was eight millimeter film. It wasn't even, you know, you, you couldn't really get film. They just, they show up and I'm big. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all based on, on, um, uh, on potential. Mm. You know, and I, I tell people, you know, potential is a nice way of telling a kid you're not very good. <laughs> because if you're good, they say, man, you're good. Right, right, right. Good, right. They say, mm, you got potential. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you on that. I think uh, I've heard that before, like when it comes to like, oh, yeah, this kid has a lot of potential. Yeah. I don't know now. Like, uh, nice way of saying you're not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agree, agree. <laughs> What would be the biggest difference between the high school, like how high school was and college was for you at your first year? Well, so my, my first year, when it ended up happening, um, they, uh, they gave us these helmets that you pump up with air and it was giving me a headache. So I took the air out and, uh, and then I found out why you leave the air in. I ended up getting a third degree concussion, uh, playing against Sean McNanny, who ended up playing with the Buffalo Bills. And we had a middle linebacker I was about 240 pounds which was really a really big uh, middle linebacker Herbron um and uh and I know they came in on uh, next thing I know I'm standing with receivers so um <laughs> that's the difference right. that's the difference you know yeah, I was yeah. I was a big guy in high school that I mentioned I didn't have the huge muscle frame that that I eventually got by lifting weights but holy smokes man it, they came hard and they came fast and mm-hmm. so that was a, that was a big difference that first year i i ended up redshirting of course and then uh and then started growing into myself no no i definitely agree with you on that At college from high school to college you dominate because you're a little bit bigger than everybody else and then in college everybody's a star everybody was a star in their town their team yep and like the 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 speed of the game it took me a while to kind of get to it my freshman year as well yeah yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Uh, what would you say was your greatest triumph in high school? I mean, college, and what was your greatest failure? Well, so uh, it's, it's funny you asked me about the failure part. I'll start with that because that's another story that I share. And actually, it's a story that I shared at the Athletes in Action. Uh, yeah, when I was that's, what I wanted, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, um, and we could talk about that maybe uh, as we progress because it ties into, you know, some failure that I had, you know, in my, in my life. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the failure was my junior year, uh, we're playing against BYU. I'd earned the starting uh, position at right tackle. And um, uh, I was matched up against a guy by the name of Sean Knight. And um, he was six, eight, 300 pounds. And I, at that time, I had grown to be about 290 pounds, which back then was big. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think I was even touted in some of the periodicals and magazines uh, as being a giant at 295. You know, like I said, that's high school size now. But yeah, I walked to the line of scrimmage, and I did something I'd never done on a football field. I looked up. I'm like, holy <laughs> smokes, man, this cat's big. <laughs> and uh, and he, was, uh, he was a senior and a junior ended up being first team All-American, first round draft pick. And, and he proved it. He just was kicking my butt all over the field. And uh, for about four series, you know, I knew it wasn't going well. Fifth series comes around and I go to go on the field. I get this tug on the shoulder from my offensive line coach. He goes, son, because you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing your parents up there and you're embarrassing yourself. So you sit this series out, you decide if you want to play. And I'm thinking, holy smokes, that's that's worse than I thought, you know. <laughs> so that's my definition failure. And mm-hmm. and I was getting my butt kicked. And I sat down, I said, Well, I, this is embarrassing. And I and I deserve to be out there. I mean, this is what this is all about. This is what I've been doing. Um, 
but I can't very well go back out there doing the same thing and expect to, to stay on that field, you know, or, or, or to succeed. Mm -hmm. And, and so I just, I changed the, the way I was blocking them. I had to take them lower. You had to do things that I didn't want done to me as a taller guy, you know, taking a man on man, I, I wasn't winning. But by doing that, it got him off balance. And then I noticed he was playing a little bit lower Then I could take him up higher. And uh, I ended up getting lineman of the game uh, for that game. Mm, so, mm. you know, it, it's, you know, it's just like in anything, you, you know, failure, you know, you only, you only lose or fail if you quit. And, um, you know, you could be getting your butt kicked, but all you got to do is pivot, reassess and get back out there and start working. Um, and you have a chance of success. So just keep, you know, keep working and keep prevailing. Um, that was probably my biggest failure. My biggest successor, um, was that, that same year, we actually beat BYU for the first time in 12 years. Went mm -hmm. on to win the WAC championship. Um, they call it the return to glory for San Diego State University. This is the 100 year anniversary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice, I'm the, nice. I'm the, I'm the 80s, uh, uh, all 80s decade uh, team captain. We're getting guys out there. We're going to be recognized. Uh, so Aztec fans, you know, it's a, it's going to be a big year, new stadium, new stuff. Anyways, but back to the big success was uh, I ended up having a successful career and then being mm -hmm. invited to play in that hula bowl was uh was a capper being drafted was i didn't get drafted until the 12th round that was before cell phones you know there is there's only so many ways they could communicate to us there was a phone it was attached to the wall you know and, oh yeah i remember yeah, those i remember yeah, those you know so uh you know the draft was actually a little disappointing for me but the big thing was that hula bowl you know being invited and being you know on the field with future hall of famers as a kid that you know just wasn't really even interested in playing the sport um was a uh, was a big accolade for me and it was and it meant a lot to me okay okay what would you say your biggest lesson that you learned in college uh just don't don't quit you know i i had a lot of injuries you know there's there's all this expectation of me you know even mm -hmm. going, back, going back to that jump rope thing i'm telling you there there was like holy smokes this kid can move and get at the frame and then as i started putting on size and then i had a um i had a, a, a knee injury and then i had another thing and you know, it just wasn't, it just seemed to just always be like just at arm's reach to get on that field. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, through my junior, even, you know, the story I shared with Sean, well, guess what happened when we went and played against Iowa in the Holiday Bowl? And the same thing is like, okay, there's this junior and he's going against Jeff Jost. Jeff Jost with Iowa was an All-American, 290 pounds, same thing. You know, how's the junior going to do? And I'm thinking, did you guys see Sean Knight? You know, I got this, you know. <laughs> Jeff, first play of the game. It's a pass play because we pass a lot then. First play of the game, he picks me up and throws me into the quarterback. Wow. <laughs> I don't fly <laughs> very well, you know. And so, you know, I mean, but I went right back to that lesson that I learned, you know. So, um, you know, it, 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 there was there was there was life lessons and and there were and there were setbacks, but it's, it's prevailing. It's, it's going through adversity. And, and having confidence in yourself and, and having a goal in mind of what you're wanting to achieve, you know, and it's okay to listen to people when they tell you you're good. And you got to believe that because they wouldn't tell you that, you know, if you go from potential to that you're good, you know, th there's a reason they're saying that to you. So you got to believe it even when things go a little sideways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I know you said you got drafted in, in the 12th round of football and obviously you got the phone call. Was there like joy when uh, you got the call, when you finally got the call for the 12th round draft pick? Well, Travis, let me give you a little bit of insight about me. 
I don't always do things the conventional way, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, it's led to some hard lessons, but uh, it, it, so when I was supposed to go in around the seventh round or so the first day, and that didn't happen, I had a really bad combine. I got invited to the combine. I had the stomach flu for uh, almost two days. I, I, I was asking my agent, should I do this? You know, um, and um, they said, yeah, when you're there, you know, and, uh, and I didn't have a good combine. But um, uh, I, I, did, I didn't get drafted that first day. So the second day, I just told my little brother, my little brother is 6'9", is the all-time leading scorer for Azusa Pacific University. Um, so he's decent in basketball. And, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so I said, man, let's go play some basketball. And so uh, we went and went down to the playground. And I got home and my parents go, where you been? You know, Ram has been calling, Green Bay has been calling, and you got drafted by the Seahawks. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a a right. team I didn't even talk to that I didn't know had any interest in me at all. And, um, you know, it, um, it, 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 you know, once again, so, yeah, so I was glad I was drafted, but being a young person with an ego and expecting to go higher rounds, you know, I was you know, a, a little disappointed, actually. But, you know, then I had a lot of buddies that didn't get drafted at all um I, and I do want to share one one quick story i know you're you're a baller you're a basketball guy mm-hmm. um uh another big accomplishment i had in in college was um my sophomore year in 86 i was making the basketball team so i was actually a dual letterman at uh, san diego state oh, and uh, okay I'll, I'll share the picture with you sometime and it's an i don't know if we have enough time for another story but um, yeah no, no no go ahead any story it's all good because this, well, this, this, this is humorous so uh, first, first game of the season, uh, I make the team and, and at that time uh, I wasn't still that big. I was only maybe about 280 pounds, but big for basketball, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, first, first game, we're getting dressed in the locker room and I go to put my game Jersey on and I can't get it over my shoulders because, you know, because <laughs> so like, well, what do we do? And they, well, and we played off campus. Um, we played at the civic center or where the, uh, where the Clippers used to play. And so mm-hmm. they had to run to campus and get my practice Jersey. So I had have a Jersey on. Right. But I wasn't <laughs> starting. So, okay. you know, it's like, you know, just give the chubby guy, you know, practice Jersey he's fine. So we're going through, well, university of San Diego had this seven foot center senior and our, and our senior, um, uh, had gotten hurt, hurt his back. And so we had a like a seven foot freshman and the that or six eleven freshman and the the kid from San Diego was just eating him up. Okay. So Smokey goes, Dave, get in there and keep him out of the key. I'm like, okay, I could do that. You know, I mean, that's you know, use my size, sure, I I can do that. And uh, so we're playing, and I get the ball in the post, and so I just do a little turnaround fade right off the box, and the guy blocks it. And it wasn't the seven footer; it was another guy, but the six ten kid blocks the shot. They call a foul for no reason because it was a clean block. He just blocked it. <laughs> so I go to the line of, uh, to the free throw line, and I've never played in front of ten thousand people, you know. And mm-hmm. I airball the first one, and I bank the second one in, you know, the the, the, the football <laughs> player with all kinds of touch, you know. And so the following morning, uh, <clears throat> front page of the sports page is me fadeaway jumper but because it's my practice jersey it's like a belly shirt and so it's like how <laughs> and, and i got the 80s short shorts on long socks and it's 
I mean, I, I, Travis, I'll send you the picture, bro. It's, yeah, yeah, let me see that. But I'm like, now, really? I might use that to pump up the episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll send it after that. No, but, but it is hilarious, you know? I mean, like I said, it's great form, though. But belly shirt, short shorts. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so that's my basketball story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hilarious story. See, that, that story needs to be told. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So. You, you get drafted by you get drafted by Seattle. Uh, how long was your NFL career for? So I uh, I was there for uh, a full season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Second year, mm-hmm. they moved me to guard. I'm starting every preseason game. Mm-hmm. We had some guys holding out. Everyone thought I was going to be there forever. I thought I was going to be there forever. I was playing really well, and um, and then uh, the next thing I know, we we get a DB that uh, our starting DB gets injured and. Um, and another one gets busted uh, on um, drugs, and they didn't. They wanted to keep them both on on the roster, I believe, because they needed to clear roster space. And so the number eight offensive lineman gets to go sell cars. You know, it was one of those conversations. And and I remember, you know, talking to Chuck Knox, and he goes, "Man, we kept you, we protected you, we expected good things, but um, you know, and that's it. That's the extent of it. There's no exit. There's just go see the team doctor. You know, and um, and that was tough." Uh, that was, that was really hard because I really thought that uh, I was going to do something. Um, and, uh, and my agent had gotten barred from being an agent because he got caught giving, uh, kids in college money. So I had no agent to make calls for me. Wow. Um, and then, so I ended up sitting out that season Mm -hmm. and I, and I don't, and I don't think I was out another season. I ended up going to these open tryouts for this new league that was starting up. It's called the world league of American football. And I went to an open trial just on my own fruition and, uh, and ended up getting drafted uh, by the team in Montreal and uh, played two full seasons there. And uh, the, the world league of American football was a spring league brought about by the NFL owners. Okay. And, uh, and they would allocate players from the NFL teams. And then there were other guys who were trying to get back into the, into the league. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and it was really actually cool. So my one buddy that I shared with you that I grew up with a very good friend, um, who played for the Falcons. Well, he was playing for Germany at the time. And, uh, and so we, we traveled over to England. Uh, Oh, well, I played in Wembley stadium. Then the following week we played, I played head to head against my old high school buddy, mm-hmm. best friend in, oh, wow. uh, in Germany. Wow. Yeah, in Germany. <laughs> so that was really actually pretty, pretty cool for me and, and, and a lot of fun. And, um, and so my career ended after my second season there, uh, not because of anything football related, just because I got a job offer. And I, I met a guy, I was doing some acting in the off season and I was running a club called the Roxbury in Hollywood. So if you've heard of the name, the Roxbury, that was a real club and it was the spot. I mean, it was the who's who of Hollywood on any share Stallone, Eddie Murphy. It was Prince. Anybody who was, anyone would come to the Roxbury and, Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a gentleman there who was a developer and said, uh, Hey, you know, we used to just talk. He'd get people into the VIP room. We would talk and he wanted to offer me a job. And I said, okay, well, that's fine. People offer me all kinds of stuff, you know, to, to get in there or to get preferential treatment. And he said, no, seriously, he goes, I've talked to you enough. I believe you're smart enough to handle a budget. Cause I told him, I, I don't know anything about construction. He goes, I, got, I need you to handle a budget and I need to be able to trust you. And he said, every time I see you, you're wearing your wedding ring in Hollywood. He goes, I think I could trust you. So it was an interesting <laughs> deal. 
And so I went and met with him and, and uh, he goes, I want to offer you a job. And I said, well, I, the Raiders wanted to come to camp. And so did the uh, Redskins. I had uh, offers, no money, no guarantees, just an offer to go to camp. And, uh, and I told him that he said, well, how much money can you make? And I knew an average offensive lineman was making about 250,000. Mm-hmm. That's how long ago it was. 250,000 was the average. And he said, well, you can make that working for me. And I went, Done with football, you know that. Wow. Shit. Okay. Okay. Now that's the that's the story. I'll go. You know? I'll go do it. You know. Now today, Travis, the average offensive lineman is making about two point five million, and now you, you see why kids are hanging on. <laughs> what what else are you gonna do you yeah know? no no give it, i'm gonna hang on and kick scratch and, and and you know and bite you know whatever to try and, and make that and make that money the money is so much different today than it, no, than of, it course. Was. of course um but that was my that was my you know uh exit uh out of out of football and and, and thankfully so because you know it isn't until you get to be 57 that you see your buddies that played seven years uh, you know, six years, uh, whatever it is, and, and struggling with things if they made it this long. Um, and it's such a it's such a brutal sport, and and so many things are coming out that we didn't know back then. Mm-hmm. And I'm dealing with things, you know, aches and pains of the body, and um, and you know, and some issues uh, cognitively. You know that, uh, frankly, I'm not you know drooling, and you know, I'm able to to function and things of that nature. But uh, my like the capacity I had to do things, you know, 20 or 30 years ago is greatly diminished, which is normal, but it's exaggerated. You know, it's kind of sped up, I believe a little bit. And, you know, I won't bore you guys with samples of that, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad now that uh, I, I made that decision. Although I probably, you know, I think I could have done it, you know, a little bit longer, but whatever. Well, like I said, I think that like, if, if I would have got an offer, like we'll say with the money you got offered, you know, from overseas job, I would have probably, you know, quit, you know, like earlier, I think for me, I played 10 years, but I was always holding on for that next contract until I was like, yeah, after the 10 years, I just kind of like, man, I'm a, you know, it's just time. I got my son now. It's just different. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, like I felt like the money wasn't towards the end. I got injured a little bit more. I got stress fractures in both machines, uh-huh. so, you know, so it was like, do I really want to keep doing this just to say I'm playing basketball, you know? Right. Um, so like I, I retired and had to figure my way out after that. So yeah. How, how old were, how old were you when you stopped playing? 33. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I was 27. They called me the old guy, you know, in the, in the locker room when I was at Montreal at 27. <laughs> and, uh, but, but then, you know, once again, then I'm also looking at my buddies, uh, that, you know, some of them from high school didn't even go to college, but mm-hmm. they had been working for 10 years and they were had, they already had a successful plumbing business. And my other, uh, you know, friend was, you know, already, you know, had already established himself in a, in a career mm-hmm. and, and I'm playing a game, you know, and then playing, you know, Xbox and working out in the, in the, in the off season, you know, and, and like I said, did a little bit of acting and made a little bit of money doing that had fun, but it wasn't, uh, for me, you know, a career. And that was the other thing. I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity. I, I should probably take it because I'm not qualified for it. He's offering it. I should probably take it, you know? No, no, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, based on your experience, what will be your advice for like the next generation of you, like coming out of college? You know, if, if say like, you know, you had a son that was your age and the same things happened to him that happened to you, what would be your advice to him? 
Well, you know, I, I do talk to a, a lot of younger people um, and, you know, no matter what your, your success level of success in the sport is use the sport and, and use it to your advantage and, you know, do things uh, on spring breaks and summer breaks and, and whatever the time is where you have some time that is going to better you um, mm -hmm. because there's alumni and even if there's not alumni or boosters, there's anybody that, um, that has having, that runs a business that sees that you're a, a student athlete, it just, it kind of does separate you that you're willing to do things a little bit differently than others, that you're more on your plate and you're able to balance and do things at a highest level. Mm -hmm. And so that is actually a, a, uh, um, an aptitude or something that is beneficial to you. Paying down debt can be stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling these due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way, you'll just have one due date a month instead of many, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offices that are personalized to you, so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you chances of approval, show you choice between loan officers, and you'll likely get approved, and you're likely not to get approved, to apply with more confidence. Comparing loan officers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, it could save you money. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan officers to find you the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan officers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. And recognize that. The other thing is, 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 is have fun. And another balancing, not too much fun. I tended to have maybe a little bit too much fun. <laughs> When when I when I left, we were no longer the top ten party school. I don't know if I had something to do with that. Or not. <laughs> right, but, you know, so many some so many young people, you know, take things you know so so serious and mm -hmm. and they're not enjoying them themselves. But but it's just it's to recognize those things and balance in in everything. There's so many different things now available to kids at that collegiate level. That nil name, yes. image, and likeness. You know, where you're getting given money, frankly, to do nothing. And I, I just think it's a horrible idea. Um, you know, that's fine if they want to compensate, you know, college level kids. Well, then do it in a structured, uh, monitored way. This, there's so much just willy-nilly things that, that can be done with those because they're not monitored. They're not regulated. And, and kids are going to be given a false sense. And gosh, you know, money ruins so many things, especially a young... Can you imagine 18, 19 years old and, and having a, a hundred grand sitting in an account that you're not accountable for at all? You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, no, I I, I think, uh, you know, if I was the NCAA, obviously I'm not, but if I was them, I would have to where like, if you got a hundred thousand, you have to put minimum 75,000 into a trust until you get out of school or when you leave to go professional yeah. or something like that. Because like you said, we're in college, $100 is a lot, you know, to me, you know, yep. um, so yep. if I'm making $100,000, what am I going to do with that? I don't even know, like, am I going to get, if, even if I get me a, a nice car 
or whatever. I'm, you know, like I'm going to practice every day. I'm, 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 I'm playing, you know, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is. Um, it's not a lot of time. Like when you're an athlete, college athlete, it's not a lot of time really to do anything else but play the sport, go to school. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I think it makes sense. I think a lot of, I just would, you know, like you can make as much money as you want, I think, but like they should do it to where like you have a nest egg to where like when you leave school, you have money set aside. Or, okay. Yeah. I can, I can figure my way out of, of what I'm going to do my next move because college, you know, you, you're on a party, you're going to spend money. Like it's, you know, like it's going to just keep coming. And sometimes well, yes, yeah. like I said, and you see that account and you're thinking, man, it's just going to get better from here. Um, and that's not, not always the case. Yeah. 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 Money does not always, you know, translate well. And people a lot of times don't know what to do with a windfall, even oh, adults, agree. you know? Yeah, and, exactly. I mean, I spent a lot of money when I was playing overseas, like I was an NBA guy. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that completely. So, you know, it, it, the thing too is, is to, is to surround yourself with people that, um, that have your best interest in, in mind. And, you know, there, there are a lot of people willing to, to help you. All you got to do is ask. And, you know, that's the toughest thing. I think a lot of times is, uh, you know, I'm around, you know, going to, you know, San Diego State University uh, events and things of that nature, I introduce myself to players. And every once in a while, there'll be one that'll say, you know, and sit down and talk, you know, and, and, and pick my brain a little bit and, and, and make a connection. Right. Um, I, I, I think it's difficult for younger people to do, but the sooner you do that, you know, the better off you're going to be and start building your network. You know, mm -hmm. they talk about building your brand. Well, okay. That's you. Yeah. There's too much you stuff. Build your network. Yeah, that's your relationships. Yes. Agree. Okay? So there, there, and there's, and there's two approaches to, to go into any uh, type deal. I mean, even when you call me, Travis, I mean, I could have gone into this with an agenda where I'm going to try and sell people stuff or do whatever, you know, if you walk into any opportunity of, uh, you can walk in with an agenda, mm -hmm. which is about you and what you're going to get or a purpose, which is what can I do for you? What kind of value can I, can I give? What, what can we do together and build a relationship? And, and, and I share this story because it's, it's, it is pertinent is that um, when I did, I, for, so for 20 years, I did investment management, which we can talk about, but um, I remember sitting with a young couple, had their baby, dad told them, all right, go open a college account for your, for your kid. And so they came and sat down with me and, and they said, okay, Dave, we want a hundred bucks a month into an investment. What do you suggest? And I said, well, there's more to it than that. Let me explain to you what your options are. And let me also suggest you start with 25 a month. Mm -hmm. because starting with a hundred, probably end of your budget. And then when there's a tight month, you're not going to reduce it. You're just going to stop it. And then you're probably not going to start it back up human nature. So start with 25. And if that's affordable and you get a raise, then you up it. And most people will increase, but they won't decrease. They just stop. So let's start it with 25. And then I started explaining to them mutual funds and how they work. And I said, Dave, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. We'll open it. I said, no, you need to understand how this works. It's my job. Anyway, so they open it up, 25 bucks a month. I make nothing, of course. Uh, but that's, no, that's not the purpose. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, that's, that is the purpose, actually. You know, that's what my job is. Um, and, uh, and so dad came in a few weeks later and he said, you know, I talked to my daughter and he, they, they shared with me how much time you spent with them. You talked to them out of money. And he said, you know, I really respect that. Uh, I've been questioning my own portfolio. And if you don't mind, do you mind taking a look at it for me? I said, I'd be happy to. And, uh, and we got back together. The first check he wrote me was for $800,000. And 
And we ended up doing 2.5 million in total investments uh, with that gentleman because I spent the time in a purpose, uh, you know, and building a relationship with his daughter and son-in-law and, and, and it wasn't agenda driven. Mm. You know, if you sit across from somebody and I look at you and all I see is a dollar sign over your head, I've already lost. <laughs> right. I I've already lost because if I, if I sell you something, Travis, it's going to be a transaction. You're going to feel sold. People hate being sold mm -hmm. and you're not going to tell anybody about me, you know, and you probably won't do any more business with me. It's like, they just wanted my dollar. But if we sit across, we go, okay, what can we do together? What can I do to bring value to your platform? What can we do together? If there's business to be had, you may or may not, you're more likely to get it. But even if you don't, you're going to be, you know, talked well of to the whole network and maybe get referrals, just like in the instance of the, the example I gave, you know. So to young people, don't be, have it be about yourself, your brand. Build a network and build a community that you can rely on and use and, and lean on when it gets tough. That actually makes a lot of sense. I think uh, I definitely would like use college in a different way if I'd have known what I know now, mm -hmm. as far as like having a good network. A network can get you, you know, better jobs, better situations, better anything, because uh, you have a network that you know, like, oh, I need a guy to get me in this door. Okay, this guy does that. I need a right. guy or a person to get me in that door or that door. So yeah, network is important. I agree with you on that. Absolutely. So, so you actually retire early, but you have a tremendous job. How long were you? Um, how long were you in, in this in the, the job you just got hired from from retiring from the NFL? So, so for twenty years, then. So I, I did the project management thing. That the reason I left, which didn't work out. Mm -hmm. uh, but then he also owned a financial planning firm. He paid for okay. me to get my licenses, and okay. I did that for twenty years, and 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 successfully. So I was a vice president of a bank. Uh, for a, a period. And then um, I did uh, individual financial planning. Uh, I was ranked number one in the country out of 4,000 reps. And so I did it successfully. I enjoyed it. Um, but uh, after 20 years, I went through a divorce. And I went through some rough uh, times with a, with a divorce, you know, and, and when you mm -hmm. when you lose everything, you know, it's it's kind of tough. Mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and it started making some poor decisions. And um, you know, I, as the story, you know, the story I shared, you know, the, the same failure I had on the field, I had off the field mm -hmm. and I ended up on a bench, you know, and it was like, you know, when you, when you lose everything and you're sitting somewhere and you're emotionally, spiritually and financially bankrupt, um, you know, it's like, okay, you know, uh, it took that to wake me up, you know, and, and, and God used as its son, <laughs> you're embarrassing me, you're embarrassing your parents, <laughs> and you're embarrassing yourself, you know, he goes, you know, and that's what I felt like, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. I've blessed you with so much stuff. And this is what you did with it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, look at where you're at. And, uh, and I remember praying at that point. Um, and, uh, and I, I, I burned every bridge, you know, I, you know, and it's no secret what I was doing. I was just doing a, a lot of foolish, dumb things. And um, I had a phone number of a guy, I didn't have much in my pocket. But I had this guy's phone number that I've been carrying around for a few months that said, you know, Dave, if you, if you want to start over again, I've got a buddy who's got a room and um, yeah, and you can stay with him. And I'm like, but it's in Riverside. Oh, so, okay. For those of you in Southern California, I was in Glendora, really nice little towns where I grew up. And, and Riverside wasn't on top of my list of places to, <laughs> <laughs> places to live. So anyhow... But it was better than sitting on a park bench. And that's where I was. And uh, and I called him. He said, okay, I'll come get you in the morning. And he did. And he took me out to Riverside. And 
and and uh, took me to that to that house. Well, there was a lot of rooms in that house, and uh, and there was two twin beds in each room, and and it was a it was a sober living home, and I'm thinking, oh, heck no! And <laughs> before I could say no, I I remember because and you know Travis, you know I, I know this, you know I, I don't want to get too into uh, religion or whatever, but this for me is part of my story, and that was I hate when people over sensationalize their experience but then i've been thinking maybe they don't because i'll tell you what happened i prayed i'll do whatever it is you show me mm-hmm. I, I i obviously don't know what the heck i'm doing because i'm taking i lost a million dollar house and five cars and a big account and i'm ended up here so i don't know what i'm doing and so i will do whatever you whatever you say right and i had that card of all the things that, that guy's number and i called him finally and he came and got me and he took me there. And so before I could say, oh, heck, before I could say no, it's like, sit down on that. I'll take that bed right there. And I sat there and this is no joke. I had a, my cell phone and a $50 Starbucks card. Wow. That's what I had. And, uh, you know, and, and that's where the thing, that's where my comeback story started. I completely lost everything. And I, I, I started to, you know, I, I, I shied away from, from drugs and alcohol a hundred percent and started going to meetings. You know, I, I didn't need treatment or anything. You know, I wasn't, I was just a mess. I was mm-hmm. just a mess mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and losing, you know, my family. And then I had some other tragedies and for the sake of time, you know, I won't go into those, but it was, so it got really tough and I didn't deal with it. Right. You know, I just went deeper into like a funk depression deal, but I, I just, I straightened myself out and, and, uh, you know, I, I started, I walked to a minimum wage job at a gym because I didn't have anything. Right. right and then right. I, I saved up enough money for a bus pass. And then I went and got a car at 28% interest. And I slowly started turning things around. Well, a gym is a great place. God put me in the perfect place because I was able to use my personality and my love for lifting and, and enjoying people. And I met a guy helped me buy a sober living home to help other young men you know, get through what I experienced, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, and then I met another gentleman who started a startup company um, called path Two. that we took him a piece of paper to a complete software program, online software program that helped people decide their best suited careers. And um, he unfortunately passed away a little over a year ago. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I sit on a couple of boards. I'm launching uh, actually two companies right now, myself, a nonprofit and a for-profit. Um, but I get asked to do a lot of things. I'm the vice president for the NFLPA here in Orange County. And uh, I am the president for the uh, uh, Aztec Football Legacy, which is the boosters down in, in San Diego. Mm-hmm. You know, and so just, you know, just doing that and turning in and getting back in line with God, you know, it just, it changed my life, but it is, you know, I, there's so many times I hear people share their stories. I'm like, Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you know, here's the other story, Travis. I started this business with $300. Well, if this business gets going, I'll be that guy too, because <laughs> I, I, I'm like, serious. I'm like, how do you start a business with $300? Well, I'll keep you posted. Okay, I'll keep it <laughs> I've been I spent the last year working for startups and I made made no money, lived off my savings. And so I was like, why am I doing all this work for other people and not making any money when I can do this myself and I know I can be a success at it? 
And so everything has been filed and we're getting the articles with the corporation done. The 501c3 is filed. So we're going to be doing some, some neat stuff. Oh, no, that's a, man, that's a great, that's a blessing to be honest, you know, because uh, your story is definitely one of triumph and like the fact that you had your cell phone and a $50 Starbucks gift card <laughs> and, yeah. and, and just started to build your, you know, you build your network and build your empire to what it is today. I think that all athletes, you know, of all, all different shades should definitely listen to your story of showing how you had everything you switched, you know, sports and then still had everything and then went down a little bit, but now you're back up, you know, yeah. that's the, that's definitely like a, you know, like a tremendous blessing, definitely tremendous blessing. Now, I do have a question for you. It's like, the, if you want to say the last big question. Um, at one point of uh, our career or, our, you know, our time in life, as far as being a former athlete, we all go through the low points, uh, whether it be overseas or, you know, NFL, you know, or just regular career. Um, how did you get out of the low point? And did you have help with that getting out of your low point? Well, so... So certainly, so when it, when it came to, to sports, you know, when I got released by Seattle and, and didn't, you know, have anyone to, to rely on, my, like I said, my agent wasn't there for me. And that's who you normally would go to first to get you, you know, attached to another team. And I, I went to sell cars, you know, I wasn't strong in my faith then. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, I struggled, you know, and, and I just, you know, I, I really didn't have any direction and, you know, even trying out for the, for the other league and, and then having success with that. And, but I, I still, you know, I, I, I would say I was a God guy, but I wasn't a Christian. I mean, you know, I wasn't act, acting like that. And, and so even, you know, professionally, you know, when, when I had all that success, I was still doing kind of foolish things and, uh, and not leading the life like I should. And so mm -hmm. when I ended up on the bench, you know, I was actually praying to God. I'm like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. But I had time and I had money. And so it didn't take, you know, you have to be about 1030 in the morning. <laughs> I was off, you know, it was like, okay. And so it's almost yeah. like, you know, the reason I ended up where I ended up is God goes, okay, son, you ain't going to figure this out yourself. So I'll tell you <laughs> what, I'm just going to take all this stuff from you and mm -hmm. see if you want to still act a fool. Right. And, mm -hmm. and then that's when I got on my knees and said, okay, I quit. So that was my low point. And what got me out of it was, was getting back into my faith. Mm -hmm. And I, I will tell you, um, that as then I get, get raised back up is staying there. You know, you, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's one thing to, to, you know, refer to your faith when you've lost everything because you have nowhere else to go. Right. But it's when things are going well and staying in your faith is the next test, mm -hmm. you know, because then you get back into, Hey, look how good I'm doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a reason yes know? yes you better, yes, you better yes. stay with me on this because <laughs> i'll take it all back again yeah, yep yep <laughs> right yep, so yep. you know so that's that's seriously the only thing I, I had people believing in me but i had people believing me when i was here and i had people believing me when i was here the only difference was my faith mm -hmm. you know and that's what's gotten me back on track and and um and i and i love sharing that you know i i Believe me, this doesn't, this, this is hard for me to tell people, you know, I don't know who's listening to the show to tell people that, you know, you look at my LinkedIn, Travis, it looks like I've just killed it my whole life, you know, because I've had all that's true. I've had all that success. I don't put the other stuff in there, <laughs> but, but I believe the reason I went through that 
was so that I could help other people mm-hmm. and other people that are experiencing that and let them know that, you know what, even, even somebody that appears to have all this success, you know, success um, has gone through it too, but has figured it out. And, th- but, and this is how we do it. You know, um, if your higher power is a doorknob, like they have at those meetings, it could be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You, you may be in those rooms for a while longer. So, uh, <laughs> this, no. you know, I mean, my higher power is God and, and that's what it, you know, I believe it needs to be regardless of the situation you're in. So, no, no, definitely, definitely. I feel like, uh, you know, the only way I got out of my situation was having faith you know, or God having faith in me. Yep. You know, uh, believing, you know, like, even if I didn't believe in myself, having yeah. somebody, you know, God and family kind of believing in me, like you can make it out of the turbulent situation that you were in, you know? Yeah. And, and for me, it was a lot of that, you know, same as you. Well, even, even sharing that, my story that night, you know, I mean, I'm sitting there in a room, room with my peers. I mean, Sean Alexander, one of the greatest Seahawks of all time, you know, and, and other people, I don't mind going to uh, rehab or treatment places and sharing my story because it's mm-hmm. inspirational to those people that are like-minded they're struggling they're they're holding on you know white knuckling it yep. you know so to go and talk to those folks that's you know that's easy to share mm-hmm. to go into a room of my peers and say this is what i did with my life was is not easy but it's equally as important to do because they may not have struggled with the same things but they have struggled you know to your point you know and so so it doesn't matter what the failure is like uh a friend of mine, Marcus Ogden, uh, you know, great uh, professional career, started a company with $400 and built it up, you know, and, but he, he had a huge construction company and lost it all, mm. you know, just a couple of poor decisions. And then boom, he was sitting on a curb too. And, and now he's got this huge, great speaking platform uh, and, and doing extremely well. So, you know, when you share those stories and you start hearing other cats, you know, I did that, I did that. I Now, oh, can you speak to and help? And that's by sharing that story, then we can go out and help others that are struggling. And that way they don't maybe go down as far as, as we did, you know? That makes sense. You know, that definitely makes sense. That's what we need. That's why I said, your story is great. Your journey is great. <laughs> you yeah. need to hear your story. So, okay, since you got through all the questions of the, of the show, uh, I want to obviously let you pump up, you know, what you're doing and how, okay. you know, how you're helping people. Cause that's the main thing, you know, for now. Yeah. So, so real quick, um, uh, one of those startups that I went to work for was a, was a company, was a, a career placement, uh, uh, company. And, uh, based on the surface, it, it sounded great when I got involved, it came to realize there was nothing behind it. Um, we signed up and we put a, a email to, a handful of NFL guys through a, a good friend of mine, Brad Leggett, who runs the Pro Players Elite Network. And we put an email blast out and we had like 60 guys click through. We had about 16 guys enroll looking for jobs. And I, I spoke to every single one of them. And they're like, Dave, I'm lost. And these are guys that had some some years of in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. and, and some of them, a couple of them are a little bit older, not quite as old as I was, but a little bit older. Some of them are just fresh out of the league. I'm lost. I had one uh, young man say, Dave, this is the best conversation I've had in a year because we are offering them some uh, hope and some direction and, um, you know, uh, training and, um, and certification with OSHA. We had 16 guys enrolled. We got six guys Cal OSHA certified. But come to find out the person that was promising me all these things uh, didn't really have the job placement 
part of it uh, cinched up. Uh, and so then I'm scrambling to, to do all this work. And Brad goes, he goes, Dave, what? You know, you're, you're doing all the work and you're dealing with all the stress. Why don't you just do this yourself? And so a, another God thing, you know, I, I made zero money work for, you know, and I'm using my own savings to, to, you know, to survive and do all my stuff. But it exposed me to this huge need. And then I go into my network. I'm thinking, well, NFL guys, that's fine. We can help them. But what about the veterans? Mm -hmm. What about people that are in incarceration? What about the people coming out of rehab and treatment, domestic violence, trafficked, there's so many people that are looking for a second chance. I'm a second chance guy. You know what? Let's try and give these people a second chance and, and, and break the cycle and expose them to jobs that are in high demand and higher paying jobs. And so I decided <laughs> with a few hundred bucks in my pocket to launch uh, Employers, which is uh, employers.com. We got the landing page up. So this is all just fresh. We're just getting this thing going. Okay. I got a, a little bit of seed money from a, from a, another veterans nonprofit because we're going to be doing a lot of work with veterans. Uh, they're very dear to my heart. I do a lot. If you check me out on Facebook, I do a lot of stuff with veterans. Um, but uh, employers is going to be the, the career placement arm of it. And, uh, and we're going to be focusing on manufacturing, project management, and green jobs, high demand, higher paying income, and then uh, uh, salaries. And then the first and goal project is my nonprofit um, and just briefly, how I came up with that name is that uh, when a team gets into a position of first and goal, mm -hmm. their chance of success is 98%. Mm -hmm. So that means their chance of scoring 98%, field goal or, or touchdown. When they start on their own 10 yard line, it's less than 10%. So, how do you get, how does a team get into a position of first and goal? Hard work, practice, coaching, game plan, execution. So, <clears throat> By doing those things and achieving those things, you put, you place yourself in the best position for success. And that's what the First and Goal Project will do. Provide the training, education, mentoring, and certification to help people place themselves in the best chance of success. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be a nonprofit. So people will be able to go through programs and training programs that will get project management certified, OSHA certified, project management certified, and then will help place them uh, through employers into higher paying careers. And I've got a team of uh, veterans, NFL players. Um, it, it's really been fantastic. The people that are, are you know, kind of coming to this. Um, and so I will be looking for some funding, you know, and it, when, <laughs> when appropriate, when appropriate, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but, but everything's just falling into place. Travis, it's, it's been so fantastic, you know, um, and, uh, and maybe at some point, uh, I'll be able to, to share the success of, of that, you know, on, on another show. Oh, no, definitely, man. I definitely got to bring you back because it was just like, your story is so amazing. Like I said, I keep saying, I know it's not like a broken record, but like, it's an amazing story of just, you know, perseverance and just like, man, you know, like you, you get knocked down, you get up, you know, you get knocked down 10 times, you get up 11, you know, that's it. And, and your story is just like, like I said, people need to hear it, uh, you know, how they feel about God, whatever the case is, you know, like that's the answer. And so like, for me, it's a, like I said, it's a blessing for, for you to come on the show. Like I said, I appreciate it very much. I appreciate you having me on. I, I, I guess I, I there's the, <laughs> what was it? Um, you know, oh, what's it about, uh, about discipleship and it's, uh, 
you know, uh, a discipleship will destroy your secrecy or your or your uh, your uh, quietness, but being <laughs> quiet will destroy your discipleship, right? Agreed. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you know what? Hey, if, if God put me through it for a reason, if I don't share it, I'm not going to help anybody. And all I did was mess up a really good life for no reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I, I so, but that. there was a reason it's to help others. And so we've got to share it. And, and those that don't need it won't receive it, but those that do will. And that's why I'm here. So I appreciate you allowing me to do that. And, uh, and we're right at an hour. I told you I could fill up an hour, buddy. I told you all you got to do is ask me a couple of questions. And I am good. I am going to do it. <laughs> well, that's no problem. Like I said, I was, I, I wasn't really, you know, I was letting you talk. And like I said, you you wanna, whatever you want to share, you can share. All right. Well, let, let everybody know uh, where they can find you on social media. Well, so, okay, this is where 57 kicks in. Um, you know what? All I'm going to tell you is, is I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook, but it's just my name. So Dave, uh, D-E-S-R-O-C-H-E-R-S, -E you know what? And, uh, and just look and just look for my picture, I guess. I, I don't know exactly where it's at, but but reach out to me there. I'm very active on all those, uh, you know, um, things I'm getting better at it. People say I need to be I need to build my brand, but uh, you know, I, just, I just need to be, you know what, Travis, I just love putting stuff out there of the things that I'm doing in it because the people that know me know. And, um, and that, you know, you don't need to be a 10 year guy for people to want you to be involved in your community, to bring value and to give back. And all you got to do is put yourself out there. And it's amazing the things that people welcome you. I mean, I, I just emceed a golf tournament for a junior college. I emceed another fundraising event because I'm willing to do whatever it takes to create value for, for them. If, if they think that's me, then I'm going to do it, you know? And mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know, for, for those of us that have that experience, people, people love to meet and greet you. No, agreed. I definitely yeah. agree. And well, uh, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. If you got any of your listeners that, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a high school um, golf tournament. I'm actually doing two of them, one in the high desert, one in Northern California with Jesse Sapolo. Uh, I do a lot of camps with uh, with NFL guys. So if anybody of your listeners that you know just you know want a big guy to come out there and and uh, be a part of their program, they can reach out to me. You know, I'm sure we could probably put up some uh, my email address or something like that on your on your deal. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I yeah, definitely Dave, be putting Dave, Dave at the first and goal project dot com. Or no dot. Yeah, dot com. Yeah. <laughs> I think, wait, is it Gmail? I have like five email addresses. And I shouldn't. Right. You, know, you, can't, you can't give a guy like me that many options. You know, I don't know what no, to do. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> no, it's no problem. Like I said, Dave, people will know like how to find you, you know, and like what they did, what they be looking for. I promise you. All right. Good. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dave. And if you listen to this whole show, we really appreciate it. Please <laughs> like, share, subscribe on YouTube now. Um, so you'll be seeing the moneymaker as well as Dave's moneymaker on, on YouTube, along with Spotify, along with, uh, Apple podcast. And, uh, like I said, we, we, we got some new things coming and we're going to continue to, uh, keep pumping up the show and we get more people like Dave out on, on the show who talks about their journey. And like I said, we appreciate you and see you next week. All right, bud. Have a blessed day. All right.
Our partners on at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds and NBA playoffs, fights, and even the next features. And don't forget that all MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to pick the play in the World Series or who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports waging needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device and join our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.